is a Woodside Church podcast. Well, some of you will know Ollie, Ollie Hearn, really well. Thank you. If you don't know, Ollie uh, has grown up in the church family, and uh, Ollie is now our youth pastor here uh, at Woodside Church. Uh, he is, a, I mean, he's listening, I know, but he's an outstanding young man and a real blessing to us. I tell you, Ollie, I never get these sorts of claps, I want you to know. So. There you go. Uh, uh, but it's, but you, you, you're worth it. And so uh, Ollie's going to bring God's word to us today, uh, and it's for everyone, all ages. Uh, so if kids can stay, or if they, they can go in the small if they wish. So Ollie, over to you. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. Um, yeah, I'm Ollie. I'm the youth pastor. I've been here for 21 years and counting. Um, since like uh, my second week born, I was, I was here. I haven't really stopped. Um, you've got pens and paper. It's not as exciting as it seems. But as we... I was, I'm sorry. But as a youth pastor, I wanted to bring a bit of what we do at youth to a Sunday morning. And so we're going to, at youth, we always promote making notes, kind of taking stuff away so you can reflect on throughout the weeks. And this is, I wanted to do it in the morning because we're currently redecorating our house, me and my mum, and I found on my notice board a piece of paper from my kids' work session. I'm 21, this would have been when I was probably like nine, of notes that I made when someone else was talking. And I was just really blessed by them like, in the last few weeks. So whatever you do with these notes, even if you put them in a random cupboard in 15 years' time, hopefully you'll find them and it will be a little bit helpful for you. Um, but yeah, so that's what they're for. I'll guide you through making some notes. There's some good stuff throughout. Um, and also, if you have a physical Bible, this is great. We always do this at Eve too. If you have a physical Bible, when we read it, open it up. We really love reading from the actual Word, even though iPads and phones are great as well. So if you have those things, that's perfect. If not, don't worry. But this morning, I'm going to talk about... Is it behind me? Oh, this is fun. But we're going to talk about um, being friends with Jesus. Really kind of like simple prospect, because... I'm assuming everyone here has a friend. If not, come and talk to me afterwards. I can be your friend. Um, but it's a really easy idea, but something that I don't think we often... Something I totally didn't realise until about two years ago. Um, and I'm just going to talk about being best friends um, with Jesus. So hopefully that's going to be fun, and it's going to be good. And we're going to go straight into the Bible, and we're going to read from Matthew 11. Matthew 11 is a gospel, right at the start of the New Testament. Um, so if your Bible, find it. It's going to come up on the screen as well. And this is basically, this is Jesus speaking, um, and he's speaking to a crowd of people, having spoken to some of John the Baptist's disciples, um, and he's actually quoting someone else. This is Jesus quoting someone else talking about him. It's quite confusing, admittedly, if you haven't read the whole thing. But it says, The Son of Man, on the other hand, feasts and drinks, and you say he's a glutton and a drunkard. Here's the important bit. And a friend of tax collectors and other sinners, but wisdom is shown by its, by its results. Now, just disclaimer, if you're a tax person or a tax man here, this is not what we're talking about. You guys, I'm sure, are great. Um, but tax collectors in this day were basically like thieves, and they're connected to it. it goes, and that Jesus was a friend to tax collectors and other sinners. And Jesus is quoting the people, and the people that were saying this said it as a bad thing. He's a glutton, he's a drunkard, and above all, he's a friend of tax collectors and other sinners. Like This is a shameful thing that they were saying. I could just imagine Jesus going, yeah, that's all right. I'm a friend of tax collectors and sinners. That's, that's, that's me. That's exactly my mission um, when I came here. And that would have been really strange because everyone else in this society at the time would have been keeping these people 
pretty much avoiding them, keeping them at arm's length if they did meet them. They didn't want to have any interactions with, with these tax collectors and sinners. But Jesus was different. Jesus was trying to be a friend of tax collectors and sinners, and he was actually pursuing them. In the, like, the worship was great, wasn't it? It was so good, and all of the contributions were, were spot on. I was standing at the back thinking, oh, that kind of links, that kind of links, so thank you for everyone. It wasn't pre-planned. Um, but we sung the song, Jesus Paid It All, and that song is about Jesus coming to, coming to the earth. He sacrificed himself on the cross so that we can have a relationship with God. And every time that song comes on, I'm just so grateful. But I was thinking about all that Jesus did, and this is part of what Jesus did. We see here, he's friend of tax collectors and sinners, Jesus was different because he came, and whilst other people were avoiding them, he was saying, actually, I'm here to show you grace, I'm here to show you love, I'm here to provide you with belonging for people that were just pushed out by society. And that is something that would have been so different, but we can bring to here and now. Like, this is still God. We're reading about it here. This is God for us. He's here to provide grace and love and belonging. And essentially what we're saying is Jesus lived out this message. He wasn't just talking about grace and love and belonging and all that kind of stuff and forgiveness, he was actually providing a way for that to be possible. Um, and I saw a quote about this the other day and it just struck me anew. And it said, Jesus' life was his message and his message brought us life. And I just think that's just spot on. That is amazing. That's what we've been singing about and that's what Jesus was for these people. Jesus' message brought the tax collectors and the sinners and everyone in that day life, and that's the same for us now. Jesus' message is bringing us life. So if you've got your piece of paper, that's the first thing I want you to write down. We're going to make notes, and you go find it in 15 years, and you go remember this moment. <laughs> Jesus' message brought us life, and that counts for me and for you as well as the people in the biblical times. Um, and I just, yeah, I'm just, yeah, it's just amazing. Jesus' message brought us life. And so Jesus is showing these people acceptance, the sinners, the tax collectors, anyone in the day, he's showing this, these people what it is to belong. But they didn't have to be friends with Jesus. He was only providing it as an option. But I think this is really interesting. In Luke 15, um, and this is a chapter of lots of different um, parables, and the parables is like a story of a deeper meaning. If you haven't read the Bible before, go to Luke 15, because I think it's amazing, that, that chapter. But the first line of the chapter says... Now the tax collectors and the sinners were drawing near to him, him being Jesus. So the people Jesus were coming to befriend, the people that was Jesus' mission to bring life to, are then drawing near to him. And whilst other people are keeping them at arm's length or even further away, Jesus is saying, come on in, whoever you are, come on in, come, come here, draw close to me. I want to have a relationship with you, I want to be friends with you. And so often we can think of that. You know, we need to do loads of stuff to know Jesus, but actually, for Jesus, no matter what happened, no matter what you, who you were, what you did, the relationship, the belonging, the friendship was his priority. Like, that's just amazing, no matter who you are. We, the last two weeks we've been talking about it, um, kind of like, you, you're thinking about sin or whatever, and um, but Jesus paid it all. And I kept on thinking the last two services that there's people here thinking, yeah, but you haven't seen what I did two weeks ago, or you, haven't, you don't know what I did. I just feel like God would be saying, yeah, but look, look what Jesus did on the cross. Like, don't look at your, your thing. Look at Jesus, what Jesus did. He died on the cross for us, and he paid it all for, so we could have an eternal life and relationship and fulfillment in our friendship with God. And that's what we're going to look at. We're going to look at 
what a friendship with Jesus actually looks like. And I'm going to use lots of stories about me, um, so hopefully you don't mind listening about me. There's a few people here that will have heard these stories a long time. Uh, Matt, I'm sorry, you may, as well, you may as well leave now because you've heard them all. But this is um, really important to me, and we're going to look at three simple points about what a friendship with Jesus actually looks like. And the, next one, the first one is going to be that Jesus is a, lo- a friend who loves to spend time with us. Um, and behind me, there's my two cars. So if you don't know, I, I passed my driving test three years ago or something like that, and these are the two cars that I've driven so far. And the reason why um, I bought out my cars was that this is my, this is my place. I want everyone to think of like, their best friends or their close friends. Maybe you're in school. I think everyone with a friend have like, a place where they always hang out. Have you ever watched... A, the TV show Friends, they always hang out at the, coffee, at the coffee shop Central Perk. For me, when I was at school, I was at Mike Rutherford just down the road. It was always at the end of the English corridor, opposite the photocopying hatch. The lady didn't like us, but that was my, my place with our friends. It was where we developed our friendship with each other. It's where we spent all our time together, and we wanted to go there. It had a great route to a canteen, which is the most important part. But there was, that was the place. We always went there, no, without fail. Like with friends, we can always also have a place with God, and my cars are that. That is it. Whenever I go into my car, I'll put on my playlist, and I'll spend time with God. And so if you, if you have a place, if you're young, you can draw it. If you're old, you can draw it as well. What I like drawing, draw your, draw your place with God. And if not, I want you to think about a place where you could go. I was talking to Martin this week. I was sitting in his chair. Martin was like, you're actually in my God chair. And it's not that God is limited to a place. But it's so good to get in a discipline with where you're spending time with God. And it becomes a really special place because the best thing about me and my car is the place I spend time with God, but my friendship has grown. I drive everywhere in my car, so I drive everywhere with my best friend. I drive everywhere with Jesus. No matter where I go, I'm walking there with God. And that's such a great mindset to be in. I also give lots of people lifts. If you've ever been in my car, you've been in my God space. The likelihood is, is that I've prayed for you with God beforehand, before you get into my car. And it's just... It's a place where you just build friendship. My car is a place that is, I've been the most real, the most joyful, the most tearful, and I cry quite a lot, I must admit. Um, but it's a place where I'm real, the most real version of myself with God. And that's how we develop our friendship. And God wants to spend time with us. He's ready and waiting. If you say, oh, I'm going to spend time with God, he's there. He's always waiting to spend time with you, like a few people said at the front. And... It's worth exploring, it's worth, it's worth investing in because this relationship, this friendship is worth absolutely everything. And I often say that driving my car transformed my life. Actually, the car is a catalyst, it's the relationship with Jesus that transformed my life in the last two years. And this friendship is worth everything. It's something I didn't get till I was 19. I'm thinking, how did I miss out on this for so long? I had 19 years of not understanding what it is to be friends with Jesus. But now I do, it's brought me so much life and yeah, his message brings us life. That's the idea. His message, his friendship brings us life. There's fullness of joy in his presence. The next point about being friends with God is that God is a friend who is so gentle and so kind. Um, some of you might know about mm, two years ago now, I got diagnosed with a few different eye conditions. It was very scary. I, was, I don't like eyes. Um, I couldn't put an eye drop in my eye. Couldn't watch anyone do it. 
and suddenly I've been told I've got this eye condition that was getting really bad really quickly. I had to stop driving, which is significant because that was my God's space. I kind of had to redesign my, you know, kind of one of my foundations. Um, I had to stop working, so I was, because I was too tired, taking naps through the day. Um, and it was a really, really hard time. If you knew me in that point, I was, I was a mess, and I was pretty broken, and I had no idea why it was happening. I've chosen this, because, chosen this story because it was a really bad time, but in this time, it's a, it's a moment in my life where I've realized the kindness and the gentleness of God, and that he knows me so well. With your best friend in real life, they're going to know you well. They know exactly what you need when you're down or when you're really happy. And that's the same with God. He knows us so well. And in this, I'm just going to tell you about the week before and after and during my surgery. So in the build-up, uh, three weeks before that, I went to the hospital to have like the pre-op scan. And they tried to put eye drops in my eye. And I was sick instantly. And I got rushed through to the hospital part and because my blood pressure dropped so low. This is how freaked I was by it. This was a big thing. I couldn't even think about them. Um, and that was three weeks before. And obviously, I was really nervous up until the day. But I just wasn't, I wasn't really nervous on the day. For some reason, I'm a nervous person, like, massively. But I wasn't nervous on the day. God was so kind at that moment. I went to the hospital because of, it was just before COVID, like two weeks before the pandemic really kicked off. And we'd been moved to the private part to spread patients out, which meant that the doctors could sit us down and talk us through the surgery, not that I really wanted to listen, because it was disgusting. They talked us through the surgery, and I just felt the kindness of God saying, actually, you know, we're going to tell you the plan, and it's my plan, and it's, it's going to be fine. So we've sat down, we've, had, we've gone move suite, my parents were looked after with like three bottles of water and stuff. That was great as well. I'm always up for something free. Um, and then I got into the surgery room, and that was scary, because I was laying down and surrounded by five surgeons and a, and a laser pointing to my eye. And if you're ever in that situation, just say yes to whatever the surgeons say, because it's just not worth disagreeing. And the, um, the lead surgeon asked, asked if she could put some music on, and I was like, yeah, sure, whatever, I don't, I don't really care. Um, I had to be awake because I had to have a blink reflex. And she just shuffled, I don't know, a random song, and the song Break Every Chain came on. What we talked about earlier, you've got breaking chains. If you don't know the song Break Every Chain, it's like, I'm not going to sing it, maybe the band will at some point, uh, but it says, there's power in the name of Jesus to break every chain, break every chain. I did not, they did not know anything, they just put it on randomly. Isn't that the kindness of God? On top of that, it was a version that about six months before that was going for a really bad time, it was that exact version, and God knew me so well in that time, as they were burning my eye, and I smelt it, and it was disgusting, somehow still I felt the chains breaking. And little did I know is what we were talking about earlier, the chains might have broken, you don't know what it's leading you into. I, I genuinely think it's leading you into relationship and friendship with God. That's what it's led me into. And it just worked so perfectly. Um, so it was that. I got home. Obviously, I was so scared of eye drops. I had to have an eye drop every 15 minutes for the first 24 hours. I put them in after my second one. My mum was ready to stay up all the, the whole night, but I could do it after my second one. And considering where I was three months ago, three weeks before that, that's amazing. That's the kindness of God. And I also had, for some reason, I recovered two weeks quicker than I expected, and I made the last church service before we went online for COVID. That's a kindness and a gentleness of God that knows me so well. The perfect song at the perfect time in the perfect place with the perfect surgeon.
right? That is, that is this example, and that's my story, but everyone, I'm sure, will have a story. Even if you walked in this morning, God's kindness and gentleness was on the show. I just encourage you, as I just move on to the next point, just write down a moment where God has shown his kindness or your gentleness. If you're old, you've got lots of those. If you're young and you're here and you don't know what to write, you can use that. You can use the story of mine or you can use the story of uh, when you've been at youth because God is gentle and God is kind. That's what it is in the friendship when we're in relationship with God. Um, it's just a cool story as well. I like telling people about it, so I hope you enjoyed that. The last point, just a quick one, is that God is a friend who we can trust everything with. Trust is, so, trust is so important in friendship. If you have a best friend, you're likely to trust them lots. Right? If you can't trust your best friend, then um, I'd be a bit confused, to be honest. Um, but God is my best friend who I can trust everything with. And in a sense, both the stories I've shared before shows that, but I wanted to bring this in and show you even, even further. We're going to jump back into the Bible. We're going to John, which is another gospel. So we've got Matthew, Mark, we've been in Luke, and now we're going to John, and we're going to the number 15 again. Um, and this is what it says. This is my commandment. Love each other in the same way I have loved you. There is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. This is the important bit. I no longer call you slaves because a master doesn't confide in his slaves. Now you are my friends, since I have told you everything the Father has told me. You didn't choose me. I chose you. I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit, so the Father will give you whatever you ask for using my name. This is my command. Love each other. Now, this is Jesus again talking to his disciples. Um, and in that time, like, loads of religious leaders had disciples. Um, they went to kind of like the best religious schools and picked their disciples, picked like the best ones. Jesus didn't do that. Jesus picked people that he knew were going to pretty much go on and change the world, even though they didn't know it themselves. Um, so Jesus picked his disciples differently, but he also treated his disciples differently because all the other religious leaders would have considered their disciples servants. We would know them as servants, but here it says slaves because their main role was to serve them. Jesus did it differently. You are now my friends. Serving is great, especially if it's on the youth team. Trust me, serving is really great. But that's not the foundation of our relationship with God. The foundation is friendship. The foundation is knowing each other and trusting each other and spending time with each other. Serving is likely to come out, with, is likely to come out of that. The more we spend time with God, the more we're probably going to want to serve him and do other things. But the foundation has to be friendship, and that's what Jesus is showing. You're not, my, you're not my servants. You're primarily my friends. Since I've told you everything the Father has told me, and there's a trust from God on us, and we can then trust God. That's, that's a beautiful part. This thing, the gentleness and kindness can go both ways. The trust can go both ways. Um, and that's just amazing. I can trust God with everything. I can trust God with my eyes. If, you're stri- if we were talking, you were talked about earlier, if you are struggling with an illness or have been diagnosed, you can trust God. I'm s- never been so confident of anything in my life that you can trust God. If that's one thing you take away, if the one thing you write on your piece of paper, I can trust God. That's, that's what we can take home. Trust God because he is our friend. And just to talk about another story. Obviously, I'm the youth pastor. Through COVID, it was tough doing a lot of stuff on Zoom as it was for a lot of people. Um, 
And in February, I think of this year, we were on a Zoom call, um, uh, kind of like after, after church one morning, we called it like youth brunch, although we never were organized enough to bring food. So it was kind of just youth on the, on, on the call on a Sunday morning. Um, and behind the scenes, this, this morning had been a mess. We'd had a few leaders drop out for really valid reasons. Um, and it kind of, ever, I was then stuck with about 15 young people thinking, oh man, I don't know what to do here. I have no idea at all. Um, I can't remember what leader did a contribution. If they're here, I'm sorry. It was really valuable at the time, but I can't quite remember who it was. But what I do remember is that we did a response activity about trusting God at the end. Um, and to put in some context, whenever we'd normally ask youth to put in the chat, they were still a bit uncomfortable. Maybe a couple of the older ones might have put something in the chat about what we were asking them to do, but not all of them. But we were... I was leading our young people, these are 10-year-olds to 18-year-olds on this call, um, into a reflection activity about trusting God. And I put on a song called It Is Well, right? And I'm just going to tell you a few lyrics. And the lyrics go, and through it all, through it all, my eyes are on you, and it is well, it is well. So let go of my soul and trust in him. The waves and wind still know his name. His name being Jesus. The waves and wind that are in the big sea, know the name of my best friend. That's why we can trust him, because we can trust him with the big, with the waves and the wind, and we can also trust him in the surgery room, in our cars, in our God place. I find that so, just so amazing. We can trust God with everything, and all of creation know his name. But I put that song in the background, and what I simply ask the young people to do is, if you want to, just write in the chat one sentence about why you can trust God. And I think it was the best Zoom call of the last 18 months. Admittedly, it's not hard because a lot of Zooms are rubbish. But God, I never knew God could meet with us so, so massively over a Zoom call, meet with, in so many people's individual bedrooms. You know, if you thought that God wasn't moving in the last 18 months, I genuinely think you're wrong because I was on Zoom calls and prayer meetings and stuff where God moved powerfully, and this was just one of the examples. And what I thought would be really good to finish, I'm actually, we're actually going to do this task again. If you're there in the morning, if you're youth, then it's great to do it again anyway, but we're going to do this task together. We don't have a Zoom call or chat to put on, but that's mainly why you have a piece of paper. Um, I'm actually going to read out to you all the ones that our young people wrote. So these were from 11-year-olds up to 18-year-olds. Um, and it was an absolutely beautiful moment. We're going to put on the song in the background. Um, and what I'm going to do, I'm going to read through, and then we'll give you like a couple of minutes just to reflect by yourself. Feel free. If you don't know what to do, just close your eyes and just hear what I'm saying. This is all biblical truth that our young people wrote. If you want to, write down your own piece of paper. This is something you can keep and stick up on your magnet board or on your fridge or put it under a pile of other paper to sort through. But trusting God is possible and it's and it's right because he has everything in his hands absolutely everything and does that sound all right that we're gonna put on the song and i'm gonna read out some responses they're gonna come up on the screen as well afterwards um as i read through them and you guys can respond if you want to just listen you can if you want to write it down i'd encourage that i'm all about notes um but yeah is that all right can we put on the song rich is that all right We thank you that 
your friend that we can trust absolutely everything with. The big, the small. We thank you that we can spend time with you and that in your presence there's fullness of joy. But in your presence we can also be the most real version of ourselves. We thank you that you're kind and you're gentle and you know everything about us. You know what is best. I can trust you because I know you know what's right even when I don't. Thank you that I was an 11-year-old that knows that truth already, that said that in front of lots of people. God, we pray that you help us to keep our eyes on you. And when we do, it is well. We thank you for this morning and that we've been able to just learn about you and just reimagine what our relationship and friendship can look like. And I pray that in 15 years' time, someone will find these notes and be so blessed and realize that this friendship is something that they've been missing. We thank you that you break chains to lead us into relationship and to lead us into friendship with you, uh, the one who cares for us deeply and the one that silences the wind and the waves at the click of her fingers. Thank you, God. <coughs> I'm going to hand over to Martin, and he's going to lead us more into maybe some prayer or response. I don't know, but hopefully that was good. Fantastic. Fantastic, Ollie. Uh, absolutely amazing. Uh, bless you, my friend. Uh, do you know, at the beginning of our service, um, Katie, who led our, our time, uh, read from Psalm 145. There's a line in that which, which stuck out to me when she read it. it. Stuck out to me. It says this: "One generation commends your works to another." Now, normally, when we read verses like that, we think of the older generation commending the works of God to the younger generation, don't we? I feel he's left the room now, but I feel Ollie has served us so well as a younger generation reminding us of deep truth, foundational truth, what it means to be a believer and be a friend with Jesus. So, so good. So good. You have been listening to a Woodside Church podcast. For more information, visit woodsidechurch.com.